Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the highly acclaimed Imperfectly Perfect podcast. And today, like every single week, I have an incredible inspirational guest. And furthermore, to disrupting corporate silence, we have got an incredible lady to disrupt that corporate, well, leadership. We're going to talk about everything. So Alison Edgar, MBE, also known as the Entrepreneur's Godmother to a plethora of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, brings a matchless amalgamation of outside-of-the-box thinking, insight, and knowledge to the world of professional development. Her teachings have pioneered cultural change within a five-star global clientele, such as Sky, Equifax, the NHS, and the Discovery Channel, where she has delivered a world-class entrepreneurship mythology to enhance the development of teams by helping employees to think like entrepreneurs. In 2020, Alison received an MBE for recognition of a long-term work with entrepreneurship and business. Author of WH Smith Top 10 and Amazon best-selling book, Secrets of Successful Sales, Alison combines the 20 years of experience as a top performer in blue chip sales with her abundance of hands-on involvement transforming small businesses to provide a clear-cut mythology which has been likened to the EMIR. The book has been recognized by The Independent as one of the top business books written by a woman. Wow. Welcome to the show, first and foremost. Ooh, it makes me sound really fancy, doesn't it, Glenn? Literally, I go, oh, is that me? Wow. Okay, I'll, I'll oh, take a bit of that. Well, I love reading people's bios, and it's so funny when you when you actually get to meet new people and, and they hear it. Like, they've probably heard it a few times, but does it always sound like, because you look back on everything you've done, but because we live predominantly in the moment we forget some of those things so when you hear it back is it wow that's me yeah and and you know especially the mbe glenn because i was brought up in a council high-rise flat just outside glasgow so like the mbe's like that was never anything that i would have ever expected in my life so but i think it just goes to show that if you do sort of have a plan you work hard that anything is achievable and I know a lot of people say that you know oh you can achieve anything but actually you can really there you know if you put your mind to it there's loads of stuff that you can do I mean what I want to do is like I do all the time I want to take it back to that young girl with obviously aspirations and dreams because where you are now I take my hat off the accolades and everything you've done which we'll get onto a little bit later but what you just said there I think so vital and important especially when it comes to the hard conversations about mental health, well-being, and believing in yourself that you can get places. So growing up from probably working class, like you were saying, council estate, similar to me, and where you've come, that must have taken a lot. And there's always a story. So can you take us back to Alison and how it all began? Yeah, so um, I, and again, it's interesting when it comes back to the psychology, Glenn, you know, a lot of this thing, is it nature or is it nurture? Or how do some people manage to enhance themselves from where they start and others don't and I still I feel I'm, I'm still searching for that in the meaning of life but for me I think it definitely comes from my upbringing so although there was no money my mum and dad always um allowed me I was like a wild horse that they couldn't tame and instead of trying to tame me 
they just try to use that strength and that energy for positive rather than negative because it would have been really easy for me to go completely off the rails and by um, keeping focusing on effort rather than um, results because what happened is I, I was later diagnosed as dyslexic and at that time you know dyslexia wasn't even a thing nobody even knew what it was and like the teachers would say oh she's you know she's just not trying she's easily distracted and and I was trying my best I was really trying hard and I think that's where my parents really gave me that grounding and that belief that I could do things that if I put my mind to it and you know I'll give you an example we met obviously on Clubhouse and we do a breakfast show and somebody had said something about you know what 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 they deemed as being a success in their life and somebody was saying well the fact I've got a cleaner the fact I've got somebody that makes you know my meals for me the fact that I've got this that's how they deemed their level of success mm. and my mum was a cleaner my mum used to go every morning at five o'clock and clean the schools my dad was a draftsman on the shipyards and then my dad would come home at five my mum would go back out and clean again and my mum always said hen I go out and I clean the schools so that you don't have to clean that you can have a cleaner you know so keep that aspiration high and I think that's always stuck by me and you know academia was tough I left school as soon as I could when I was 16 and, and again I think this is a lesson that I learned early which really helped me is there are things that I'm not great at, but just keep focusing on the things you are. So, you know, I love people. I love conversations. I, I listen. I, I, I'm interested in people. And I think that's the thing. I don't just listen so that I can, you know, flip it back and talk. I really do care about people. And I, I moved into hospitality at 16 and that then allowed me, you know, we were talking the off air about, you know, I lived in Australia. So I, I was 20 one I turned 21 on the plane on the way to Cape Town so I lived in Cape Town for a couple of years then I went to the Channel Islands and then I was in Australia for a couple of years and a wee bit in the States before I came back so I traveled for six years on my own so just me and my little old backpack and I think it gave me of um, self-worth and value uh, you know uh, my mum sort of gave me high esteem not that somebody can give you high esteem but they gave me the techniques and the tools to have high esteem and that doesn't mean that I didn't struggle because oh I think loneliness was something that I really struggled with even when I was at the center of a big party nobody got me nobody understood me that I think those are the lessons that I had to find later on um, and then I think I found my I think I found my kind of calling when I moved into sales. So I, when I came back from traveling, I met my husband who's a software developer and he worked Monday to Friday, nine to five. And I'm still working weekends and night shifts and night audits and, and it wasn't conducive. So we had to make a choice. Either I had to get a real job or I had to, you know, I was going to get dumped, Glenn. I was getting chucked. Yeah. And I thought this one was a keeper. I quite liked this one. So I decided <laughs> to change industry and I worked for BT in the first ever call centre that they opened in Motherwell and it was outbound, it was direct mail, direct response, business to business. And um, within the first couple of days, I was really rocking the charts. And I think it was because I came from a hospitality background 
you know, and circling back to what I discovered early doors was my superpower was I really like to engage with people. I like to help with people. And that's where like the mission statement of everything I teach is when it's delivered correctly, sales and customer service is exactly the same thing. So, and I think that's what then moved me into corporate and for a girl with no qualifications and no degree to even get into corporate at that stage was um, a tricky one. I had to work really hard on an interview to get in, but selling the benefits of what I could do. So yeah, so it is interesting, you know, to to see that you you know what what I did again. I don't reflect very often, apart from when I do podcasts, which is why I quite I quite like to do podcasts because I think self reflection is a really good thing that you do. Sometimes you're so busy pedaling forward, you yeah. forget to look back, don't you? And I think it's the reflection backwards that gives you that strength. It's the petrol in the tank to go further forward when you see how far you've come it is and I think it's so important something you said there and I once heard it and I, I heard it from David Meltzer the uh, the American motivational speaker and we was talking and he says I'll tell you something Glenn he said there's three types of people who listen he said there's the first one where people literally don't listen he said the second one is where people try and listen but they're too bothered about thinking what they're going to say to actually listen and then the third one is people that will literally listen intently and you don't have to think of that next question because it just flows that conversation and that's where sales and that's where everything comes and I suppose with me in a background in health and fitness sales operations it's kind of I've never seen a title or a profession which is a testament to this campaign because I can talk to anybody I just don't see it I see everyone on a human level and I suppose that's how I've done well in sales at some level when I did it in the past but I think it's so important when you say they're sales, but to see that and you've gone through that journey. So I suppose with your well-being and navigating your journey in that kind of aspect, to try and transition into corporate when you said you had no qualifications, for anybody that's listening in our audience that's going, I'll never be able to do that because I haven't got those qualifications. And, and then they've got self-esteem and limiting beliefs. Like, Where did you go from from kind of, I wouldn't say adversity, but it might have been for yourself, deeming yourself, how am I going to do this? To then suddenly something switching and going, you know what? I always say in Yorkshire, we we roll our sleeves up and we go, we're going to get this done, (laughs) no matter how. I think you have to know what you want I mean it's really interesting so you know in when you were reading out the start you're talking about my first book Secrets of Successful Sales I'm just about to launch my new book which is called Smash It The Art of Getting What You Want Mm. because sales gets such a bad reputation doesn't it people go oh sales it's icky it's it's nasty but everything we do is a sale getting somebody to make you a cup of tea is a sale and and I think it's a lot of people don't know what they want. So this is where a lot of people struggle to get what they want because they don't actually know what they want. And I think it's really, I always had quite clear goals. And again, I think, you know, coming back to my mum saying, you know, I don't want you to be a cleaner hen. I want you to have a cleaner. So having a cleaner was always something that was really high on my radar. Same with having a dishwasher, Glenn, like literally we, we had to wash every dish by hand. So even what you would deem as little things but what I do think a lot of people might think I want to go into corporate right but then there's that why you know it's the combination of all the psychological drivers that they don't know what they want and they don't know why they want it so for me um like with BT I always deemed them you know as a company that I I I would never get into you know never ever get into and I was expecting 
that potentially, you know, maybe to get rejected. And again, I think that's where, when I then shifted my mindset to think, well, actually, do you know what? I might not have a degree, but they would be lucky to have me because my life experience and my listening skills and my emotional intelligence is something that that's priceless. Mm. And I think it's that when you flip your, your head to think, actually, I am I am a commodity. Like people will say to me and I'll say, I'm a commodity. I'm like, I'm like a diamond. I'm a commodity. I'm like oil. And again, having that thought. And you know, it's interesting because especially coming from working class roots like you, um, you were taught not to be like that. You know, a lot of that, the, the phrase in Scotland they use is, she's got a big hit for herself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, if you're, vain or you're um you're not focusing on other people and you've got a big hit for yourself because you're selfish or you really only care about yourself then i think that's different between having a big hit for yourself and being confident because the higher you climb the more you can pull, pull people up behind you so again it's why you have that big hit for yourself if it's purely selfish then that's, that turns people off. Whereas actually the reason that I put myself right out there and I, out of my comfort zone, it's like, I mean, I've done things like live news. Um, I've done live radio, national, the national stuff in the UK, BBC, LBC. And originally I was like, oh, and I like it. I mean, I, I enjoy the adrenaline rush, but I can't think too hard about it. I can't think, oh my God. There's millions of people listening to this or I would freeze or then you think oh why do they want to listen to me and you question yourself but I've got a wee top tip that I always use in my life Glenn every time I feel that oh you know I'm, I'm going in a situation and and you know the your listeners will know about the fight flight and freeze you know this will be be new to them but you know when I go into that situation you have to analyze and sometimes it's you know your brain holds you back and I remember I was 20 years of age when I went to Glasgow Airport and I was moving to Cape Town on my own, right? So, and it was at the days when you didn't have the little scanner thing at the airport. So it was the man, the wee man would check your ticket. And I got to the thing and I was so emotional, Glenn. Honestly, I was like, <gasps> and the man said, are you okay, hen? And I said, yeah. He said, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm going to Cape Town and I'm going to go and live in Cape Town. I said, I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving my dog. And, and he said, well, you know what? That is Glasgow's loss and Cape Town's gain. And I live my life. This man changed my life. And I have no idea who he is. But just sometimes somebody says something. And that's how I live my life. Every time I'm scared. So like going into corporate, if you think, well, actually, do you know what? That's this person's loss and that person's gain. That helps your self-esteem. That helps your confidence. And ultimately, people buy confidence. You know, if you're confident in yourself, other people will also be confident in you. And, um, you know, sometimes you have got the little duck paddling under the water, haven't you? And, you know, you're all there out at front and underneath you're, you're just a bundle of nerves. But I think it is if you can really um, if you can really start to believe in yourself, that's one of the core things that I do. And I think that comes from focusing on your superpowers and what you bring to the world and what your imperfections are that make you perfect, really, isn't it? It's really acknowledging them, accepting them and taking them as your as your superpower. Totally is. And I and I think there what you you said something that was really important there because I think a lot of people this day and age, and I was one of them that used to think that. I'd have to find a mentor in a certain area to be successful. Whereas like you said there, 
that guy changed your life. A mentor can come from any part of your life and not in terms of business. Well, they can turn up anywhere as well, but just to progress you in that growth, it might just be something that you needed to hear at that stage and that changed your trajectory completely. Yeah, it's really interesting because one of the things with the new book, I'm trying to disrupt the personal development market. So I, I am a disruptor, right? I'm going to go because I think, <laughs> you know, um, I've done a lot of research. You know, you talk about mentors. So I've never had a mentor that I've paid any money to, right? I, if I if I feel that I need to learn something from somebody, I use my Scottish tongue and I go, do you know what? I wonder if you could help me with this. I just got a couple of questions. And people love to help, you know? But at the moment, you know, there's a lot of this, you know, you pay me, you know, six figure dollars or six figure pounds for me to be your mentor. And I'm really, I'm, I'm really anti that, Glenn. I, I believe that people get sucked into this market and, you know, and then when they don't get what they wanted, there's two things. They're like, oh, well, you didn't take action. It's all your fault. But, you know, who is to blame in that, in that instance? You know, should you be taking that money? Should people be going into debt for this? I, I don't believe they should. And I think that's where... There's ways, if you can teach somebody, again, you can't always make people take action, but you can give them the tools of the job until they're ready. And then, you know, the secret of this is, is uh, again, I'm Scottish. We try and do everything on a bootstrap. You know, don't, don't invest what you've not got and don't feel guilty that you're not taking things seriously if you're not going into, you know, spending six figures on personal development. There's no need for it. It's really having the conversation with your head and this is what I prove in the book that, you know, I've created a methodology that I use myself and I've taught other people not for six figures, Glenn. So, um, yeah, watch this space coming in. <laughs> I love that because Scottish, Yorkshire, we, we're just so similar in the fact that I've still never had a credit card. Everything that I've earned and I've saved and that came from that Yorkshire bringing going, if you can't afford it, you don't have a credit card and put it on. Whereas my wife does, but I still have that kind of mentality going. And luckily we don't really touch it, but it is, it is that kind of thing. And I think I'm with you on the, my philosophy in life always has been each one, teach one. If I can impart a little bit of advice that can help someone. And now I'm speaking to people like yourself and corporate leaders around the world as well. And I'm literally going, you know what? My motto is I work hard and you can see what I do but I also am led by humility. I don't know what I don't know. And nine out of 10 times, like people will say, but do you know what? That's stepping into your truth. That's like, we wouldn't be where we were if we didn't ask for help. And I think sometimes people do get into that. I can't ask for help because it'll be seen as vulnerability. It'll be seen as weak. And I want to show with people like yourself, corporate leaders who are at the top of the game, who speak in front of hundreds of thousands of people, that it's okay to be vulnerable and actually ask for help, isn't it? Every day is a school day. I'm forever, literally. I mean, it's, it's interesting. So Dame Kelly Holmes did the um, testimonial yeah. for the front of the book. And again, I met her through Clubhouse and I was like, oh, Dame Kelly. And we, we shared a panel. We spoke in a panel. I was invited on. So she knew who I was. And I think, oh, she would never want to do the forward from that. Oh, she would never want to do that. And she's like, yeah, let me have a reread of the book and go through it. She says, this is amazing, Alison. And again, I think it is that... You know, you've got to stand up. And, you know, one of the points I wanted to sort of circle back on, um, you know, talking about corporate as well. So um, I really, really, really wanted to work for Yellow Pages, right? So I left BT because we moved to England. And at that time, 
from from BT, my my goal, my plan was to work for Yellow Pages. And I'm not going to beat around the bush. The reason I wanted that was they paid really good money, right? They played right, they paid massive money, massive commission. So I, again, because I wasn't degree educated, but I had then worked for BT, what I wanted to do was I wanted to work in field sales. So again, purely materialistic. You got a company car, you know, you got the laptop, you got to swan around and, you know, you weren't in an office. I had all the flexibility and I thought, that's my dream job, that this. And I really wanted, again, this is going to show my age, Glenn, but it was life before the internet. So there only was the yellow book, you know, it was, I know that makes me sound really old. I promise, like, I, 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 promise, I haven't even had the boat up. Looking good, um, looking good. <laughs> so it was really interesting. And I went for the interview and they said, no, I'm really sorry, but you don't have any field sales experience. We'll give you a job in telesales. And I said, well, if I take a job in telesales, what's the chances of moving across? And they're like, well, we don't really cross-pollinate the two departments. And I thought, well, I don't want that. I want to be in field sales. I want the car. I want the you know, flexibility. I want the working from home. I mean, at that time, that was working from home was a big thing. This was the 90s, you know, nobody worked from home. And I had to make a decision then. And I thought, no, I'm going to go. I said, what do I need to get this job that I really want? And we need field sales experience. So I then applied for a job with Dow Egberts, the coffee company, and I met this brilliant woman. Again, we talked off here that I'm still great friends with everybody that has been part of my journey. And this lady was ex-Coca-Cola, and she was amazing. Like She was firm but fair, and she really gave me the ground rules for field sales. You know, this is what a good day looks like. This is how you track it. This is how you stay productive. Like She taught me so well. And I smashed it, literally, I won the prizes, I I did really well, but again, I knew where I wanted to go, and it was a hard decision after 18 months to say, you know, thank you so much, but I've been honest with you that this is a stepping stone for me because I want this job with Yellow Pages. And she went, no, that's my job. Again, she was a brilliant, you know, we'll use the word mentor, I would say she was my manager, but she really taught me everything that I needed to know. And then 18 months later, according to my plan, I'm knocking the door again, I'm back, I'm here I've got my field sales experience when do you want me to start and literally that happened and I was with them for 15 years so um, I, coming back to what's my top tip for anybody that feels that they're not getting a promotion at work or not getting into corporate or not doing you know what they feel that they really really want to do know why you want it so you know the reason I wanted it was flexibility because it was easier for the the, the home life it was more money because then I knew that I could I better myself then I could have a cleaner you know that's so it comes back to that goal setting knowing why you want it and putting an action plan in place so everything I teach and everything I cover in the new book is what I actually do in my life and I can evidence that it actually works not just for me but other people that I've taught it to so I think that's what drives me every single day is is that I have to I, I can't stop because people need me and that's why I drive myself so hard isn't to be you know the great I am it's literally to help as many people as I possibly can but you can tell your energy and like the humbleness I can I can just pick it up straight away it's like there's a difference between when you notice people who do it for that and people who want to help and it just comes across like you seem to work really hard but you're very humble at it and I love the way that you talked about before the bootstrapping. Like when I started this whole, I call it my passion project to this day. And I talked to the first person that ever came on it. And it's, it, 
like it went it went international within 12 months which i'm very grateful for but people didn't see the behind the scenes i jumped on construction just to make it possible 12 hours a day six days a week i didn't know about podcasts i had garage band on my laptop and i was like i'm not letting it stop me and then I learned how to do media kits and press releases and now it's been featured on over a hundred networks and publications. And then I reached out because there was some stuff in public, public relations. I wanted to learn, reached out to all these companies going, Hey, look, this is what I've done. This is what I've achieved. I was like, I would love it if you've got any position so I can come on and learn additional stuff. And there was like, um, Oh, sorry, you've not been to university for public relations. And my ex manager once told me when I wanted an internal thing to move into marketing, cause I saw, I saw gaps. And he was like, Glenn, just stay where you are. Just stay where... And I was like, okay. And now, no word of a lie, I get several publicists reaching out to me to see if I can help them get their clients some of the press that I have. And I'm like, wow. Like, so you know what? If you've got a dream and a goal, you just do it. You learn it. I just went on Google. Google is an underutilized resource. Learn it. My two best friends are Google and YouTube. And people will say, how do you learn? And I'm like, it's... I struggle because of the dyslexia. I've never read a business book. I've never read a sales book. I've written two now, you know, but I've never read them. If I if I want to know something, I'll have a look on. And I tell you what, in the research for the new book for Smash It, I feel I've discovered the meaning of life. I really feel I've discovered the meaning of life. And it's split into two parts. So you've got the me thing. So that's, again, the psychology, what holds you back, you know, that's, yeah. and that's huge because without, without conquering that part, you will struggle to get what you want. Yeah. But then the other part, which I think makes the, the book unique is I cover the we thing and not like the Scottish, it's a we thing, but the us thing. Yeah. And it actually, how do you get what you want when other people are involved? So it's how do you um, actually work with other people to get what your goal is and I think that's what makes the book unique there's loads of book about the psychology and the me thing there's lots of books about the we thing but I've not well again I've not read any of them maybe there's hundreds but my research shows that not you know nothing covers both of those because you can use excuses for not getting what you want and it's oh it's your fault Glenn you've not done this or you've not done that or actually you can work with that person so that you're all going in the same direction and I think that's you know coming back to leadership and corporate and you know I what I do see is I see a lot of I mean it's interesting I call it the first day mindset or the 30 year mindset and sometimes that 30 year mindset oh we've always done it that way no we don't like change and and that really affects any organization and I think it's really um, getting everybody to think like and, and I talk about entrepreneurship so what would you do if it was your first day what would you do if it was your granny like for your internal customer service and external you would treat them like gold dust yeah. and then what would you do if it was your business so I think this is interesting you know coming from the sales department you kind of had a good understanding of money the money and business side of things but I think other departments don't understand and things like sustainability, the circular economy, and you know those things are massive to business. But are are every employee thinking about the green issues, thinking about the circular economy? Are they thinking about the costs? Are they thinking about the profits? Or are they just turning up to work and doing the job? Because that's where if you can change that mindset and everybody's thinking in the same path, that's to me what makes a successful business. Totally true. And you know what I wanted to ask, because you touched upon there as well. You, you touched on so many things. Um, I think everyone's going to be mind blown listening to it. Like I could talk to you for hours. When you, 
well, prior to COVID and you was doing all your all your public speaking, now obviously everything's either clubhouse or predominantly online for everybody. Have you noticed the commonality now because it's almost like the world has been given a reset when it comes to working from home and mental health and well-being? Was there a big commonality when you went from company to company and seeing productivity or people taking time off? And how would you say what you've noticed and having to pivot yourself like everybody else during this time, how people can, again, that psychology and the why, how people can unite as a leader to bring the teams together for the well-being and everything? I think it's massive. I mean, for us, the day that lockdown happened, we lost like 50% of the turnover in one day because... It's really interesting. I had evolved to wanting to speak at events. That's I, that was the goal. I really wanted to do it, and I just sort of cracked it, Glenn. I'd been booked to speak at the European Commission for six hundred people in Belgium. Um, actually, ironically, the Yellow Pages Sales Conference. I was the keynote speaker again. That's like you know, you know, you've made it when you go back and be the keynote speaker at your company, um, and loads of stuff. But what? I decided I'm a, a huge um, advocate of supporting mental health. And the reason for that is, you know, I, I talk about it in my book slightly that I really struggle with postnatal depression. I, I, you know, I, it shocked, it shocked, you know, just shocked me to the core because I never thought that would ever have happened to me. And I think it just shows you that actually mental health can affect anybody at any time unbeknown. And, We've had two young male completions in our family. So that's, I'm very vocal about, you know, please reach out, please talk. And in the book, I hope that, you know, if somebody reads that, that is feeling those thoughts, that I give them a method that they can actually use to try and overcome the thoughts. And I think, again, you know, there's different levels of this. You know, when I had postnatal depression, it wasn't, I just felt a little bit, you know, anxious or I just felt a little bit, it was, it was chemically, I was off the planet, you know, I just had two babies and it was madness. And so I'm a real firm believer that if I can do anything to support in that area, that's one of the reasons I get up and my team, it's really interesting. So my team are quite young. In fact, they're all young, like the young people just inspire me like mad. So um, I know for a fact they don't come from, you know, they come from troubled backgrounds. You know, I was blessed that I had a great, support network when I was going through my troubled teens and and it made me stronger like we spoke about but not everybody has parents that support them in that way and one of the girls that works for me she started when she was 19 she blagged her way in so coming back to this how do you you know the corporate it was a graduate job she applied and said I've not got a degree but I've got all these things you should interview me and I think go girlfriend you're definitely getting an interview and I gave her the job but come lockdown I didn't furlough there's no way I was furloughing because that then gives no structure and that affects mental health. So we had to try and find revenue from when all the revenue went down the pan. I had to try and find revenue. And what I did was I did little webinars on sales or, you know, any of the course stuff that I talk about, sold it for like 15 quid a ticket. And we just kept doing that. So as long as there was money to pay the wages for the team and, you know, all the other bits, then that, I was happy. I was happy because that was more important to me than anything else. And, you know, during that, that time period as well, one of the other girls that worked for me had left. I kind of kicked them out the door to go traveling because I feel that travel broadens the mind and the soul and the heart and, and seeing the world through first eyes is so important. And, um, 
Kaya was in Portugal and I said, look, are you coming back to the UK? She goes, yeah, I've got to come back to the UK. I just want to be, you know, get my bolt hole, get in. And I said, well, how do you fancy writing the new book? Because she helped me write the first book again because of the dyslexia. I need to bounce. We need to write together. Yes. And she goes, what are you, you know, you take me on and give me a job. Everybody's getting put on furlough. I'm like, no, I'm giving you a job. Come on, girlfriend, back we get. Let's write a new book. And that's where we always had something to focus on every day. And that's why the book was born in lockdown. And, and again, I think it would have been easy for me to put down the shutters and say, oh, no, we're just going to furlough, we're not going to do this. But I know from a marketing perspective that when the world stops, you've got to put your foot down. It's the time the, the businesses that go hard, go fast now are the ones that come out the other end. And and that's, so that's my thoughts. And I've just taken on another young girl as well. And she's been expelled from schools. And and I just think that's, that, that's my kind of calling. And, you know, you were talking earlier about, I hate this word authenticity or whatever it is like you talk to my pals you talk to my pals from school from 30 years ago like well that's 40 years ago now do you know what I mean and like what you see with me is what you get and I think that's the thing that's you know talking about values and what's important that it's so important to me that I, I talk my truth and you know I am not perfect I am so imperfect but I believe by me showing my imperfections allows people to think actually it's okay to do that it's okay to be like that it's okay to feel like that it's okay and as soon as you feel it's okay then you're in a stronger place to to to, to blossom and bloom and that's sort of my thoughts on it well you kind of answered that question and i was going to say what does being imperfectly perfect mean to you but you you pretty much hit the nail on the head but coming from your upbringing then i've just got last couple of questions for you i know it's your daytime um Coming from your upbringing to going through this, then what what was that feeling of elation like when you obviously got announced that you was going to be MBE? So I'll tell you the whole story, right? So you don't... Um it's really interesting because one thing I don't believe in is manifestation and abundance. I don't go, oh, I want an MBE. Oh, the universe provided it. I don't. I'm not a fan of that. I think you, you can put out what you want there, but actually, it's your hard work that makes it happen. So, I mean, I'd never held back the fact I'd, I would have loved to have been on the owners list, but you can't make that magic happen. You can't. You can't do cash for honors, although I know that some people previously have tried that. So you just, you just, you just do, do your best every day. And it, it's really interesting because, you know, when we look at turnover, you know, there's a load of like BS all over Clubhouse. Oh, here's me. I've got a seven-figure turnover. I've got an eight-figure turnover. I've got a nine-figure turnover. Blech. Makes me want to vomit in a bucket. And sometimes, again, comparison is the killer, isn't it? And I, th- I say to Neil, oh, you know, well, maybe we should have a seven-figure turnover. And eight. He said, Alison, you don't get an MBE for being the richest lady in the room. You get it from your heart being in the right place and doing the right thing for the right people. And I thought, you know, you're so right. That's I've I've always sort of foregone revenue to help people. And, you know, you've only got a limited amount of time. And that's where if I feel I could make a difference, that means more than putting a couple of quid in the bank account because I came from nothing. And I think that helps coming from nothing. If I lost everything tomorrow, I don't think I would be happy, but I could restart my life again because I've done it from scratch before. So um, Kaya came back, right? So we were in lockdown two and Kaya came back and we were in lockdown two. You could work from the garden, but you couldn't work from the house. So we were in the garden and again, I'm dyslexic, I'm easily distracted, right? So I try and not check my emails or I try and not do this. And of course, I'm like, she's, she's working away and she's chatting away and I'm like checking my emails. And I'm like, 
and she went, what's wrong? And I just literally started to cry, Glenn. There was, and I don't mean just like, like sobs, I mean hysterical crying. And, and I'm going, I, I, I couldn't speak, I was speechless. And, and she said, what's wrong, has somebody died? And I said, no, I said, I, I, I think I've got an honor. And, and it says it's confidential, like literally this was in the June and, and you weren't allowed to say anything till the October because it was the year that they held everything back because of COVID. So I knew, and but you were allowed to show your press officer. And of course, Kaya was doing the press, so I could show her. And I went, can you read this email? Because again, I struggled reading the emails. And she went, yeah, she goes, yeah, you've been given an MBE. She goes, but I knew, I nominated you three years ago. She says, and the wee man phoned me like, oh, she didn't say the wee man. She said, the man phoned me a couple of weeks ago to double check all the details. She goes, I, I knew, but I couldn't tell you. Yeah. And I think that's what I mean, that it's not, um, I didn't know I had been nominated. I didn't know I'd been nominated three years previously. But if every single day, all you do is you do your best, you bring your A game and you keep helping people at the center of what you do, then great things come back. And I don't believe it's a manifest them. And I just believe that just be, be yourself, bring your A game. Just when things don't go according to plan, find the resilience to look, concentrate on your strengths. And that's what really, to me, are my top tips on how to, to really wow. be imper imperfectly perfect. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. I've, I've taken away so much from this chat, and I'm sure our audience has. But um, I just want to finish with saying that thank you for everything that you do. What is coming up for yourself and, and what you're doing with your public speaking? And obviously, your next book is coming out. Where can people find more information about you, Alison? So um, Alice, I'm quite easy to find on our best friend, the Google, Alison Edgar MBE. I'm quite, I'm quite easy to find. The new book comes out on the 1st of June. So again, I would love any support that we can get in there to try and get it. Because if I, the, the higher the book flies, the more people it helps. So if I can get it to Sunday Times bestseller, New York Times bestseller, no, it's not that that's what I want on the resume, but that means more people are reading it and more people can be helped. And that's why... Um, it's really important. So it's called Smash It, The Art of Getting What You Want. Um, if anybody is looking for a speaker at their event, I've got a plethora of topics and motivation to help the audiences. So yeah, that's me, just Alison Edgar, MBE, and quite easy to find. And you're quite easy to talk to. It's just flowed. It's just, this time has just gone so fast. And I'm just like, I could speak for hours with you. But like, yeah, just I, as I say, like, I, I want to thank you for everything you do on behalf of the campaign and for everyone listening, on behalf of me, thank you for your time. I mean, what I'm about is exactly what you come across as about, about helping people. And there was something that you touched upon earlier that I'll just say, I was told it, it's like, you want to pour into your bucket so much that it overflows. And those people that you know sometimes come from less advantaged places because we know what it's like when you come from that kind of thing. And you even touched upon it earlier. And I wanted to say, like, even my mum said to me once, and it was out of love, but she was like, when are you going to stop, Glenn? Because where have you got this from? It's not from me or your dad. <laughs> and that's something, it's kind of that working class kind of like, oh, what, are you not going to stop yet? And I'm like, no, not until I help this many people. So <laughs> I'm like, but yeah. So guys, I'm going to be putting all the links up to find Alison so you can get her books. Please go and support it and go and find out more information about you. Until then, guys, make sure you go to Spotify or iHeartRadio. Subscribe, like, and share to the podcast. And until next time, guys, keep having those hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that save lives. 
To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.